Hello and welcome to the Profit to Cash podcast, 20 minutes or less of powerful business tips to help you turn your profit into cash for you and your family to enjoy. I'm your host, Phoebe Dre, award-winning qualified accountant with over 20 years business experience. Now let's go. Hello, hello, it's the Cashflow Pocket Rocket, Phoebe Dre here with you with episode number 64 of the Profit to Cash podcast. Now, if you have been listening to the podcast for a little while, you will know, especially after listening to last week's episode, that my family and I relocated to Canada at the beginning of 2023. Hence why I've only just started to re-record my podcast and it's almost the middle, well, it is the middle, it's past the middle of February. So today I wanted to share with you in podcast episode 64, my key learnings from our big move. So 2023 started with a huge bang for myself and my family. Almost two months into the new year, and I feel personally like I'm only just starting to come down to earth. The explosion in my life, as I mentioned, was our relocation to Vancouver, Canada. So the planning began for our relocation about mid last year. However, When Dan and I first met and we first started talking about our future lives together and especially on our honeymoon when we went to Patagonia in Chile and Argentina, we talked about doing a life experience of relocating over to a different country, living and working there and just having the experience. When I was in my early 20s, I did quite a big travel um, experience to the UK. I lived and worked in the UK and Spain for about two and a half, three years And I had the most amazing time. I also backpacked through Thailand. And before or after I finished uni, before I started my career, I actually did a six-month ski season in Canada. My husband, Dan, so he finished university on the Gold Coast and then moved overseas to Europe and also Ecuador. And he lived away. He also went to Canada and America and North and South America, I believe. Um, And he was away for almost seven or eight years and hadn't been home that long before we met, I think just after his 30th birthday. So when Dan and I started dating and talking about our life together and what we kind of envisioned for our future, he always talked about wanting to travel again and was kind of always a bit discouraged that getting married, having a baby, starting a family, buying a house, all the things you do when you kind of settle down would mean the end of his wanderlust and his travels. So we did talk about it and we talked about doing some time overseas. But then obviously last couple last years, as everyone knows, COVID happened um, and that kind of put our travel plans on the back burner. But once COVID started to subside, I guess, and things started to calm down, Dan turned 39. So that was September, not last year, so September 2021, Dan turned 39. And this, I guess, the kind of reality that he's, he was just nearing on 40 kind of crept in and he decided it was time for the family, for him to have a big adventure. So we kind of started talking about it back then. So September 2021 was when we really started talking about relocating overseas and doing something different. So Dan started putting out his feelers to old contacts in the UK, um, to his old international recruitment agent, um, but wasn't getting much traction, to be honest. So it was kind of about six months of going back and forth and talking to different people and kind of really looking into it and really wasn't getting any traction. So Dan had kind of pretty much decided, I think it was about June last year, so June 2022, decided that, no, it was all too hard. We weren't going to go overseas. And just quietly, I was 
quietly happy about that. I was quite pleased that we were no longer going overseas. But one thing that Dan forgot to do was actually tell his international recruitment agent that he and the family had decided not to relocate overseas. And so about a month after he'd made the decision not to go, he got an email from his recruitment agent saying that she had an opportunity for him in Vancouver, Canada, and would he be interested in that? So we started chatting about it and I was really hesitant, to be honest. My family, my father had some health issues and we're really just questioning whether it was the right time to go. So we're just holding off on making a final decision until we heard the outcome from that. And my dad, fortunately, um, his health is so much better now. So we were very pleased to hear that his, you know, his health was a lot better. Things that they thought were wrong weren't actually wrong. So that was fantastic news. And so I was out walking one day listening to a podcast on oh, no, an audible book. And it was a four-hour work week. And there he talked about going overseas and how that had a massive impact on the success of his business um, and actually getting out and having to make changes. So I came home all excited after my morning walk and said to Dan, come on, let's do it. Let's just make our plans and move to Canada. So we pulled the trigger and that was when the planning began. So about probably about September, October-ish, we made the decision and that's when we started doing our planning. Dan had in his contract to start work on the 16th, I believe it was, of January. So we didn't have much time. We had October, November, December, and a couple of weeks in January. So it seems like a long time, but when you're planning to move your whole family, your whole life overseas, there's quite a lot of things to do. Lucky I love planning, and I especially love software called Airtable. So if you haven't checked out Airtable yet, it's a free software platform. You can pay for upgraded versions of it or for features, but I don't personally subscribe to it at all. It's actually something that I use for free and I absolutely love it. So I started planning out our Canadian relocation in Airtable and I put everything in there that I felt we needed to do. I created different um, tabs for each type of thing. For example, I had our house at home that we had to get ready and rent out. I had I mean, like all of our legal paperwork and documents we had to do, banking, things we had to do for our driver's license. There were so many things we had to tick off the list that we had to get done. So I created an Airtable base. It was a very detailed and long base. I had lots of information in there and I had to kind of draw the things that Dan needed to do out of him so I could put it also into the plan because I like to be able to see everything. I like to tick things off. I like to see how we're progressing um, and I like to work through a plan to kind of make something happen. So I wanted to share with you today on the podcast what my three, and I've actually turned it into four, so my four big takeaways from relocating our whole life and family to a new country in a new continent on the other side of the world. So today I'm sharing my key takeaways. So number one is that even with the best planning, and yes, I love to plan, that things can be missed and you need to be able to be nimble and adaptive as the plan rolls out. So as we worked through our plan and we kind of started making progress, we did put key dates when different things had to be achieved by. We put in who had to achieve the different tasks. Um, but there were certainly things that popped up along the way that we felt we'd missed and we had to add into the task or things that we probably had put in there but maybe hadn't put in it completely. Um, so you have to be really nimble with your plans and just be open to adapting and rolling the plan out as you move along. So that was one of my key takeaways, number one, is even with the best planning, you can miss things and you need to be able to be nimble and adaptive as the plan rolls out. So number two, um, and this kind of leads on from number one, is it's important to have regular team meetings. So we would have a meeting once a week and we'd review our plan, we'd review our goals, 
and we review our progress towards them. During this meeting, we'd be looking at things like, did we miss anything? And this is where we would add items to the plan that had popped up that we had missed and we'd remove things that we kind of realised weren't necessary. So during this meeting, it was really important to make sure that everyone was on board, all members of the team were there, um, and that we kept in mind our big vision to help inspire us to keep taking action and have that forward momentum. So our big vision was obviously to fly out of Australia on the 11th of January and into Canada and to arrive safely here. So that was our big vision, to move our family and to start a new life in Canada. So we made sure we kept that vision in focus and we took those steps that we needed to take. We made sure we had those regular team meetings. We'd see who'd done what, what needed to be actioned next, whether there were things we needed to add or things we needed to remove. So that was number two. Number three um, is it's really important to be sensitive to all team members. Really understand how each team each member of your team works and make what makes them stressed, what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what makes them productive and what keeps them committed to the plan and taking action. So I have to admit that there were times when I did have some major meltdowns and it's interesting. So it was interesting. I felt like I was quite aware of each team member's uh, way that they work and the way they plan, but sometimes I did feel a little bit like my husband, Dan, wasn't quite as sensitive. He's actually a project manager, if you can believe that, and he's very good at his job, but I think it's different. So when he's project managing a big project, he's just in kind of construction and um, engineer, that type of thing. He's obviously dealing with lots of different personalities and a much different type of project than this one, and maybe not the same emotions. Um, he's also very pedantic and likes things done in his way. So I think working where we're all kind of equal team members on this project and we each had our own say and each way of doing things, um, could have challenged him a little bit in reflection. Uh, and I feel at times that he he said he knew what he needed to do and that he had time to get it all done. But there were definitely times when I felt that he wasn't taking things seriously and he was allocating things that I didn't feel were as important. So I had to be really aware of that too because I would get quite stressed and potentially upset with him um, for what I felt like he wasn't taking things seriously. When, and I guess that, you know, that was me having to have awareness of how he works as well. So he liked to do things a little bit more under pressure, a little bit more last minute, um, liked to take his time on certain things. So when it was kind of coming to the pointy end of the plan and the D-Day 11th of January was drawing near, he was hectic getting things done where I felt like I'd kind of paced myself along the journey because I don't like that massive stress at the end of a big project. I'd rather kind of do things as we go along and tick them off. Um, so it was really important actually seeing this planning process for myself too. And I know that there's other areas of my life, probably even in business, where I don't do as much planning. And I think, you know, it really benefited me a lot. And I really worked through that plan and allocated things out. And even when you're a team of one, so I do have a virtual assistant, um, but if you're a team of one, um, it probably is really important, especially if you've got a big project, to actually map this out. And a software application like Airtable is amazing for that. So, yes, yeah, so a takeaway number three was just being really sensitive to all of the team members, understanding how they work, what makes them stressed, what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what makes them productive, and what keeps them committed to the plan. And by being aware of this and sensitive to each team member's um, way that they work it can really help the plan to go as smoothly as possible and actually achieve everything you want to achieve. Okay, so takeaway number four. Now, hand on heart, being honest here, things did become quite tense and stressed, especially towards the end of the plan. 
um, when I felt like Dan wasn't taking things seriously and we still had so much left to get done before we flew out. Um, so it was really important for me, especially when I was becoming stressed and tense because it didn't help me getting stressed and tense with Dan. So me getting angry at him or getting stressed with him really wasn't helping the situation. So what I found in this situation was really important for me to have a way to diffuse the energy, to keep working on my mindset, exercise every day and take time to breathe. So just a little tip on the breathing one. So I know we breathe all day, every day, but often we forget to take those big, calming, deep breaths. And something that I've implemented into my life, which is really simple, is that every single time I see the number 11, so if I see the time and it says, you know, 2, 11 p.m., or I see a number on a street sign or wherever I see the number 11, I'm always taking a deep breath. So maybe you could do something like that. So often I've heard of like if you get up from your desk and go for a walk around, take some deep breaths. If you um, do your 15-minute task that you're working on, then stop and have those deep breaths. It's really important to take breaths throughout the day and just become more present and that helps to do, will really help to reduce my stress and anxiety levels. I also had a coach and a mentor that I could reach out to and this really helped me, especially at some times when, when things are becoming really stressed and really tense. Um, having my coach on hand, so we use Voxer, so I'd message her on Voxer and let her know what was going on and just being able to have that outlet. So even whether she responded or not, just being able to talk to someone, talk it through, um, really helped me to kind of reduce that stress and anxiety. But really important as you're working on especially a really big project that has got lots of moving parts, can become quite stressful at times. Um, you're working with different people who have different personalities really important to have some way to manage your stress and, and diffuse that energy. So keep working on your mindset, keep your daily exercise routine, do breathing, journaling, whatever it is for you that helps you to focus on your mindset. Uh, it's really important to do that when you have a really stressful project with a deadline that you're working towards, just so that you don't get overwhelmed, stressed, and kind of like I did at times, blow your lid off at the people in your team. Okay, so they're my four takeaways from our big move to Canada. Uh, once we arrived in Vancouver, our planning really ended, to be honest with you. Uh, we're slowly getting settled in now. I've got a list of different things we need. For example, we need some more furniture for the house. Um, we need to buy a new car. But all the major things, we just slowly worked our way through them. So we actually had to get, you know, new bank accounts. We had to get new driver's licenses. I had to register Georgia for daycare. So every day I just took a little bit of action towards each one of those goals and slowly ticked off the big items. And we're now two months into our journey here in Canada. And really the main things we've got left to kind of tick off are some furniture for the house and a car. So we're all settling in well. Georgia's in daycare now. She's registered to start school in September. Dan's been at his work now for almost two months, which is hard to believe. Um, we've been skiing. We've been ice skating. We're taking time out to have fun and explore the city. And one really amazing benefit actually that's come out of this uh, relocation to Canada is back at home on the weekends, we all have our jobs to do. So Dan would be downstairs in the workshop doing woodwork or fixing something or whatever else he was doing, mowing the lawns, and I would be working or doing other things. Where I found that once we've actually arrived in Canada, Dan's not being distracted with all of the jobs that he has on his list. There's no garden really for us to look after. Um, it's not our house, so we don't have lots of maintenance to do at the house. Um, so once we've kind of done all the cleaning and washing 
there's really not much else for us to do on the weekends, but actually get out and explore the city. And we're being real tourists and every weekend we're going out and doing a new fun activity. So I encourage you, even if you are at home, take some time every weekend just to go out with the family and explore. We've been going to the science museum. Uh, we've been going to shopping centres to buy things we need. We're meeting new people through different Facebook groups. Like there's one called Buy Nothing and there's different uh, Buy Nothing groups depending on where you live. And it's amazing. There's people in there just post random things that they no longer want that they're giving away for free. So I got a new jacket the other day. I've got a new soda stream machine. We've got some new chairs. Uh, we've got some new books for Georgia, all through this Buy Nothing group. So really starting to build community and looking at different ways we can connect with people. And it's also encouraging us to actually chat to different people. So my husband, for example, was at the park with Georgia and she was playing with another little girl. So we started meeting um, the father and started chatting to him. So we've made a connection there and then we've met some other friends. So really just putting ourselves out there, assimilating into the, the new life here in Canada making connections and just slowly step by step settling into our new home. So I hope that podcast episode has been interesting to you today. I thought I'd share with you a little bit about my planning process um, and my key takeaways because it was a pretty big move. Lots of people do do it though so I know we're definitely not unique but for us it was a big move with a little girl who's only four years old um, and just changing all of our life and the way we do things. So I am Phoebe Dre, the Cashflow Pocket Rocket. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode. I can't wait to share with you again next week. I'm going to be getting deep diving back into profit levers. So I'm really excited to share that with you next week. So make sure you check out the podcast next week for the first of the Profit Levers podcast series. So I'm Phoebe Dre, the Cashflow Pocket Rocket. Have the most amazing day. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Profit to Cash podcast. I have a question for you though. Have you subscribed to the show? If not, do that now so you never miss an episode of these power-packed business tips to turn your profit into cash. And if you've loved today's episode, I'd be so grateful for a review if you could please share that now. And hang on just one more thing before you go. If you'd like to learn my step-by-step -step process to turn your profit into cash, then take action now and register for my next Business Profitability Intensive Workshop. Send me a message and my team will get you registered today. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Phoebe Dre, the Cashflow Pocket Rocket.